Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality. Boom. All right, here we are. Second episode of the Early Retirement Vlog. My name is Ray Taylor. I am back in the van in a new location, uh, some random parking lot in La Quinta. Uh, I think I'm close to like a Walmart and there's a car dealership over there. I don't know what the fuck that is. Maybe kind of looks like a PetSmart or something like that. Uh, But yeah, so I found... You know, just uh, this is how the the show's being recorded now. This is a new test. I'm using a GoPro to record it um, instead of the webcam and my computer. It's just a smaller setup, so it's easier to just do this. I also want to uh, eventually go outside of the van and record things at different locations around the desert. Um, But yeah, so in this episode... Uh, I want to talk about Denver since I technically recorded an episode uh, where I broke down. It was emotional. I, I was literally moving. I think it was in Albuquerque in a motel and I recorded one morning. I recorded uh, one of these early retirement vlogs and uh, I don't know. It was just too raw, too emotional. Um I hope the air conditioner is not blowing directly on the microphone here. Uh, I think it sounds right. But, uh, yeah, so I didn't release it, and I haven't looked at it and because I was going to maybe edit some stuff out. So, anyway, I don't know what I'm doing with that one. So it may just go on the Patreon, which you can subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash inspired disorder. Uh, but... This is, uh, there is a buzzing, so I apologize for the buzzing. I'll have to fix that, see if it's the mic cable or the mic or something like that. Uh, hopefully it doesn't turn up in the final product, but, um, Denver. So, for those that may not know, uh, the Inspired Disorder podcast, another podcast that I do, uh, that I started back in 2009, late 2009, uh, with two people, Derek Helmer and Justin King. And at that time, we talked about um, just geek shit because they're both two geeks. Um, so we talked a lot about tech stuff, a little bit of movies. We we got into a few different things. Um, then Derek had to leave. Uh, and then later, Justin had to leave. Justin um, stuck around for a while. Show changed up a little bit. Highly inspired by... Joe Rogan, uh, the Joe Rogan experience, uh, where we just kind of talked about prior to that, I would build like these elaborate show notes of things that we were going to talk about, um, which I actually enjoyed. It helped make sure we, we touched on things that were going on. Uh, but it was a lot of work, a lot of pre-production work. Um, Joe Rogan started doing his podcast and his was just a free form, long discussion, uh, so that's kind of what Justin and I did. And I've known Justin um, since I moved to San Diego. 
which is where I was living at the time. Um, so we'd known each other. Oh, some asshole's going to park right next to me. Oh, this is hilarious. Some old lady. Some old lady just parked right next to me, looking at me, not sure, very hesitant. A lot of old people in the desert. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what she's doing. She's probably going to a store somewhere. Anyway, uh, so Justin, uh, da, 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 San Diego, that's where I was. Justin stuck around at the time um, when Justin, this was all happening during uh, when I had my condo in San Diego. I bought a condo in 2008 when the uh, real estate market went to shit. Uh, one of my friends was a real estate agent at the time, so started looking in 2007, I think. Maybe it was 2000, early 2008, uh, and looked for a year, tried putting offers in on different places, and um, just nothing was working out. It was tough because the market was shit, so it was a lot of investors were getting into the market, uh, and you know, I barely qualified for all the things I qualified for. Uh, but 2008, late 2000, no, early 2009, um, I closed on my condo and uh, had different people move in with me. Justin moved in at one point. Uh, but yeah, so Justin stuck around. We kept doing the show, even though at that point he was no longer living with me. Uh, but when we started, he was literally in the next room. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. I'm waiting for the, to see what this old lady, she's eating right now. She's tearing, she tore a bunch of extra bun off of her burger. And now she's eating her, what looks to be McDonald's. Um, got giant gold earrings on, uh, but super old and dried out. So distracting. Uh, anyway. So Justin stuck around. We did the show for a while, but then he had to leave. He was going back to school uh, to get a better job. He had been let go from Costco, as so many people did. I worked at Costco for 13 years myself. Uh, but anyway, so he left, and I tried to do a few episodes on my own, uh, which at the time was okay. I mean, I wasn't we had we had gotten a few guests. We had started to get guests on. We started to build an audience at that time, uh, and I never really wanted to ha do a podcast where we were interviewing people, where we had regular guests. So, uh, yeah. But at the time, it was cool because we were meeting a lot of cool people that were into the same podcast we were, uh, and you know, it. Once Justin left, it was like, I don't know if I want to still do this. I don't know what I'm doing. I took weeks off. I uh, was super depressed at the same time. Um, I think actually just before that, my girlfriend at the time broke up with me. So it was like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was considering moving to Oregon at the time. Um, and then late later, uh, Hurricane Sandy happened. And I had been talking with a couple podcast hosts Slash, pro slash producers to see if possibly uh, there was a way to do like a 24-hour-long podcast marathon. Uh, Brian Redband had mentioned it on one of his podcasts, and, you know, it was, it was an idea that was like, I think we could do it. Because um, at the time, I was getting guests on through Skype, 
and uh, we were streaming live on Ustream. And Hurricane Sandy happened. I was like, I talked to my friend. I was like, listen, I want to do this. Let's just try it out. Let's just see if we can make it happen. Uh, we had a community of people behind us. We had who were able to uh, participate in the 24-hour-long podcast, but also uh, we were able to get some really cool guests during that time as well. Uh, we got a lot of comics that first uh, 24-hour podcast. Duncan Trussell called in. Um, God damn, I can't remember all the different different people that called in. Uh, but it was it was interesting. It was tough. It didn't like halfway through the video stopped working. The Skype st- like there was a lot of issues, uh, but we were able to get it done. Yuck Nasty recorded the audio for it, uh, and then I tried to do the video, handle the phones. Uh, so I split up production. So at the end of that uh, 24-hour podcast. Uh, Keith Spurlock, who had been on the show a few times as a guest, uh, really easy and fun to talk to. He was into comedy. He was getting into comedy. Uh, you know, we had a, a, a common interest in UFC. So UFC talk was very easy. Just talking in general was pretty easy with Keith. And at the end of it, he offered to fill in for Justin while he was gone. And at the time, I kind of knew Justin wasn't coming back because He's going to school, and just from what Justin was saying, what it sounded like, uh, you know, I was I was gonna have to either do it on my own or replace him. Um, so Keith offered, and that's pretty much it. He he started, you know, um, showed up to every episode. It's very rare that we ever had to cancel episodes. Uh, he even did an episode from the hospital when he got a collapsed lung. Uh, we had a guest that that time too that day, uh, Jr. Uh, so Keith, there's a video of it on YouTube. Uh, there's a clip also, uh, but the podcast ends when Keith's one of his bandages just slowly starts to fill with blood, um, and Jr. almost passed out. Threw up. It was fun. Uh, Jr. was always a good guest. He's always a good dude. Uh, Jr. Customs. If you're looking for printing, uh, t-shirt printing, he did all the Diseasy shirts and. Uh, the disorder conspiracy shirts. But uh yeah, so Keith was the the co-host for a long time. We got guests on, we got really cool guests on, like Tate Fletcher, Sam Tripoli, uh Tony Hinchcliffe, uh Adam Scorgi was on a bunch of times. He produced the Culture High and uh The Union, two great marijuana documentaries. Uh so we got a lot of cool people on. Um but again, it was like I didn't it was cool to talk to all these people, but I never really wanted to do the interview thing. I wanted to just have conversations about certain topics with a co-host or co-hosts, plural. Um, so anyway, Keith and I, we were doing this thing. We were we were uh, we kind of laid back on getting the guests. We had a lot of help getting a lot of our guests with Jill Hamitsu helped book a lot of our guests and. Uh, but I was I was kind of done doing the guest thing. It was always a headache, uh, even though I wasn't scheduling it. Just knowing, like I wouldn't know until day of a lot of times if somebody was going to show up. Um, there were some scheduling mishaps where, you know, people were had thought the wrong time, um, and then we had gotten some people on which I didn't even know. It was like we were getting guests on just to get guests on. Uh, and Jill at the time was going through different stuff. So I was just like, let's just, let's just take a break from this. 
and then we'll maybe come back to it later. And we never came back to it later because I enjoyed just bullshitting with Keith. And that's kind of what the show turned into is just Keith and I bullshitting. And then it got to a point where Keith was planning on moving from Ohio. He's going to move to Houston. He had uh, someone in his family had a condo out there. Uh, And then I wanted to leave Costco. I'd been there for 13 years. Uh, They had increasingly become more and more disrespectful, um, just like, my job for 10 years, I worked there for 13 years, but for 10 years, I sold electronics. But if you were to see how I was treated by the entire management staff in general, there's a few people that actually respected what I did and understood what a salesperson does. Um, if you had looked from the outside, it would have looked like there's no sales department. There's just people that when they are seen in the sales department are told to go work somewhere else. Go full clothes, go box groceries, go over there, do this thing. Basically do all the jobs for other departments that aren't doing shit. Um, And then leaving the sale floor completely empty so there's nobody to sell anything. Um, It was horrible. I hated it. I've been wanting to leave Costco since 2004 just because their management... they, They rotate managers. So it's like warehouse managers, department managers. Everything gets rotated every so often. So nobody really gives a shit or tries to fix problems, boost morale, change things, make things better. They all kind of just wait until they get transferred, hit their numbers, make sure inventory's good so they get their bonus, their overpaid bonus, the assholes. Um, and it just got worse and worse. My supervisor at the time is this fake-ass fucking Christian piece of shit. He was a, he was a nice dude. But literally, almost every word out of his mouth is a lie. And everybody in the department, one of our favorite things to do would be to go over all the different shit this guy says he's done or was going to do or whatever, whatever. He never, and it's like just just stories about his life were all bullshit. But it's like, or, you know, exaggerated, just extremely exaggerated. But also, like, it, it was like fucking... He would never stand up for for our department. Never, ever. Right? Like, there's a few people in our apartment that were standing up. I was standing up for ourselves. But he was, like, the biggest two-faced kiss-ass ever. If he was in the department, he was trying to kiss our asses. If he was in the office, he was kissing their asses. Um, So it was like... And, of course, he's fucking supervisor forever. Never would get promoted because everybody knew how, how... what a weak piece of fucking shit he was. Weak piece of fucking shit. Um, but he thought he was best friends with everybody. It was hilarious. So I was done. I had been thinking for like a year or two, like what my exit strategy was. And, you know, the market had gone up on real estate and my 401k got better. That's the thing. Like, anyway political Obama helped out a lot Bush Bush got everything down to like the worst scenarios starting a bunch of fake wars ruining the, the economy got ruined under his watch housing the real estate market got ruined so then we get Obama and oh everything gets better unemployment gets better real estate prices go up fucking 401k the stock market goes up it's amazing um so yeah so I was like what it started, the idea started with, uh, 
Den- not Denver, uh, with Detroit. Just because you hear people talk about how cheap you can buy a house for like five bucks in Detroit. So I was like, maybe I go somewhere. I buy a cheap house. I have extra money to live on that'll help pay for utilities. Oh, old lady finished her burger. Now she's leaving. Smoking her cigarette. Put her makeup back on. Now she's smoking a cigarette. She drives away. Drives away. That's weird. I wonder who she's hiding that, that burger from. She's clearly hiding. She's not working. It's not like she's on a lunch break. She's like, she's probably not allowed to smoke cigarettes or eat fast food. And now she's going to go drive to her gated golf course community. Uh, so anyway, back to that. So Detroit. And then... From Detroit, it evolved to Dayton because at the time I knew a lot of people in Dayton uh, or just Ohio in general. Um, So that was going to be a thing, uh, which prices in Dayton were, you know, pretty cheap for houses. Um, But then another option when Keith was talking about Houston, another option was maybe I go live with Keith in Houston. Because uh, we knew, we both knew a bunch of people in Houston. Uh, Robert Garza uh, for the Pursuit podcast. He also produces the Jiu Jitsu podcast. Um, and met, well, Keith had gone out there and met all of those guys. Um, and I've had at least Robert Garza on a few times. We had Joe Fodi on uh, a couple times. But so Houston was was another option. And it wouldn't have been like, I'm not buying property out there, but it would have even been better. Uh, because we both would have been living there for free, basically. At least rent. I would imagine rent, if anything, would have been low. Uh, but that didn't work out. Whoever owned the property is like, nah. You, like, I don't know if it's just because of me or both of us or just, I don't know. But that, that was a no thing. So then I was like, maybe what if Keith and I find a place, since we had already kind of like, okay, Houston was kind of the first time we had thought of moving in together which we had never met each other in person. We'd been recording the podcast for like a year or two together, uh, maybe more. I don't even know how long we've been recording at that time. But, uh, yeah, so it was, you know, I wasn't sure. I was like, okay, where can we live that's going to be cheap to live but still a cool place to live? And I had a few places on my list, Denver, Portland, I've, you know, Portland's always kind of been on my list for a long time. Uh, just, it's gorgeous up there. I really don't mind the rain. Um, but although I never lived in, it'd be the complete, like the desert is just sunny all the time. Uh, but yeah, so he, he mentioned Denver. I'm like, sold. Let's go fucking to Denver. Let's do this. So then the process was, uh, for me, I had to, I was going to leave Costco. I was going to cash out my 401k and then that, that 401k. And then I was in the process of remodeling my condo um, so that when I went to sell it, it would hopefully sell fast. Um, which that whole process probably took about a year. I left Costco in April of 2015. Um, I was so over it. Like, the end of 2014 during the holiday season like was was really the the last straw of like me giving any kind of fucks about that place 
uh, as far as how they handle Black Friday, how it's like the easiest black. They literally put a wall of TVs in front of our department. So we were pretty dead through Black Friday because just getting into the department was a pain. And they all did all these things last minute before we open. They had all of the salespeople, all the people knowledgeable about the shit that was being sold. They had all of those people doing merchandising stuff. And then they sent a bunch of front end people that don't know shit to go over and fill in for us. So while we're trying to do all this last minute bullshit that these retard, ma sorry, I don't want to offend people that are mentally disabled. These worthless fucking pieces of shit managers, uh, they like we work we, while we're trying to set this bullshit up. We're getting asked questions third hand by employees that are trying to pretend to do our job that clearly don't know anything to try and answer answer something. It's like trying to translate to somebody through somebody that doesn't know anything. So it's the most pointless form of conversation. For somebody who sells stuff for a decade, the communication between you and the customer is a key thing. And when you have to go through a third party that's a, a stupid person, that's unqualified to have a conversation like this, then it's pretty worthless. So that was, that was a big sign. I started noticing. I started calling in sick all the time, and I started noticing that the managers... Which, to call in sick, we got a new warehouse manager a few years before that. And one of the first things she did was she got rid of the uh, sick line voicemail. So if you were sick, all you had to do was call in, leave a message on the voicemail, tell them your name, your shift, the times you're supposed to work, department, that kind of shit, and then you're done. If you feel like shit, it's the easiest way to call in sick, right? No, no, no. We, you have to call in. And you have to tr track down a manager. So you have to call in. Hopefully somebody answers the phone first off. Nobody, you go into the office, phones are ringing all the time. There's 30 people in there just pretending like nothing's going on. So good luck fucking having somebody just answer the fucking phone to begin with. Okay, so somebody answers the phone. Okay, now let me put you on hold while we get a manager. Okay, oh, like a manager gives a fuck about anything. The managers at Costco, La Mesa, Warehouse 469, were some of the most lazy motherfuckers that didn't know how to manage a fucking... They wouldn't know how to manage an ant farm. They're mentally... They're mentally worthless. Worthless humans. So these worthless humans that don't do anything, the laziest people, most overpaid worthless pieces of shit, have to somehow muster up the fucking energy to pick up a fucking phone and say, hey, I'm a manager. I'm being paid to log in your sick call because this bitch fucking got rid of the voicemail that made everything pretty fucking easy. So, yeah. So, you wait. You have to... Usually, you get, you, nobody answers. Finally, you get a thing. You get put on hold. Boom. It ends up, it ends up going dead. You end up having to call back. It's a long process, which is great if you're sick. Really a business that really cares about their employees when they're not feeling well. So what I started noticing, because I was like, fuck this. I, I have sick time. I'm not going in. Fuck these people. Every time they would, like, fuck me in the department, I would go home sick. Like, if they left me there on a busy day by myself and they have, like, the rest of the, like, four people from the department going doing other bullshit stuff, I'd be like, fuck you. I'd leave the department empty. Fuck you. 
Hey, hey, manager. Hey, overpaid piece of shit. Why don't you waddle your fucking worthless piece of shit ass into the office, write my name down and the time I'm going home sick, and then sign your worthless piece of shit signature. Why don't you go do that? So what I started seeing is that sick calls weren't, because, you know, you call in sick enough times, you're going to get write-ups. So none of that stuff happened. None of that stuff. Finally, it happened, like, towards the end of the year or, like, early next year. And I, they, when you get written up for that, they print out a calendar where all of your sick calls are marked or your no-call, no-shows, all of those things. So I saw months of just blank nothing because people were, and it wasn't the same manager. It was a lot of different managers. So I just kept doing it. It's like, oh, well, if they're not going to fucking mark shit down, then I'm just going to keep calling in sick. Way past when I had sick time. I wasn't getting paid, but at least I was like excused absence, you know, on some level. Eventually they figured it out. These, these worthless pieces of shit had to have meetings. They all went in their meetings. They, I mean, it's all about meetings with them. Walking around, pretending like their their decisions make any impact on anything in this fucking warehouse. So they have their meeting. They have a day-long meeting, probably catered, because let's not get parched or uh, or anything like that while you're you're doing this meeting. And uh, they came back and they're like, "Well, you know, I got a suspension." And then I was like, "You know," so it's like suspended. So when I got the meeting. To be suspended, I had like a two-hour-long discussion with these two managers. One of the managers I have respect for. The other one's a worthless piece of shit, right? Uh, so I had this two-hour-long thing of like telling them how like how my job, how like my reality being employed by Costco as a salesperson was not a. I was not. I was not treated as a salesperson. My job activities were not of a salesperson. Um, even, I mean, just the way I was treated in general wasn't as though I was a, an employee that had given 13 years of his life to this company and done everything they've ever asked me to. It was more of like, I was literally treated, we had like seasonal employees that are there for like three months. They're treat, they were treated so good right in front of our faces. Not just me, the rest of the department. So I was fucking done with that place. I got a stack of write-ups, and I was like, I was so happy. It was the the best, like, suspension I'd ever got. And it was the only suspension I ever got. Um, But I was so done anyway. I was done there, but I wasn't done remodeling my condo. So, you know, I took my suspension. I went back. The day I went back, I had, you know, another four-hour meeting with the head manager, which I don't even know why I spent that much time trying to talk to somebody that can't comprehend any fucking thing. I don't know how she got in charge of a warehouse. She's making hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. But she's the most worthless human I have ever seen in charge of anything. Just worthless. Piece of shit. So anyway, I had the meeting. They're like, oh, we're not going to fire you. But if anything else happens, you're gone. So that same day... After telling her, like, this is how you treat our department. There's supposed to be four people in the department at all times. I, there's rarely more than two, generally just me, or I bounce out and just say, fuck you. So she's like, oh, I didn't, I can't believe you're actually, she was like surprised that I was being honest. It's like, I don't, I don't 
I don't have any respect for this job anymore. You don't have any respect for me doing the job, so I don't have any respect for the job, nor do I have any respect for you. So as soon as I was done with the, the, the meeting, I go out to the floor. There's only one other person in the, in the department, somebody we borrowed because people called in sick or whatever, and they, you know, they didn't want to fully staff the department, so they sent one person. At the moment I got out there over the radio, it's like, uh, Majors, can you send over Carlos? We're going to need him on the front end. I was like, fuck this. Fuck this. So I left. I left, and I never went back. A year or two years before I left, I stopped shopping at Costco. I stopped spending any money at that warehouse. And ever since I've left that day, which I think was the 19th, right, the day before 420, uh... I've never been back to another Costco. I will never step my step foot into another Costco warehouse. As far as I'm concerned, that business is fucking... I want them to go just... I, I would love for that company to go bankrupt, even though it never will. It has this fake like aura of like respectability, where the, the people think that the old CEO is still in charge and they still have like all the things that they spout about in their, their mission statement or things that are actually considered with their day-to-day they don't give a fuck they don't give a fuck they break laws they they cover up managers that sexually harass regularly on a regular basis they they cover up managers who steal it's it's fucking if you're friends with you know it's it's i hate that fucking place fuck costco never shop there again so i left costco i still wasn't done remodeling my condo so i pulled out my 401k that basically paid for me to remodel the condo and, you know, get by um, until it finally sold that summer. Moved to Denver. Long story. Long story. Uh, So I I got everything done, sold my condo, and then had all my stuff packed up, the stuff that I was, few things that I was keeping, moved to Denver to go find a place to live, and then Keith would come shortly after. Within my first week at Denver, found an apartment um, that allowed me to move in because, you know, I didn't have a job, but I did have money in the bank. So that worked out. Uh, But so I found the apartment, kind of a ghetto place. The people that lived there just before us was, uh, you know, it was a pimp and his prostitutes. Uh, So, you know, there was some history there, I guess. But, uh, Yeah, so I got the place about a week, moved in, started setting up the studio. Keith moved a month later. He moved beginning of, uh, I moved in uh, beginning of October. Keith moved in beginning of November. And that was the first time we met. We did a bunch of podcasts. We ended up going to two podcasts a week, full video, audio, high def. Uh, We started developing segments, the uh, early, not the Ultimate Movie Championship, um we specifically did uh fight talk we specifically did like we had uh themed episodes so there's like fight talk episodes movie review episodes um just random bullshit episodes if we went somewhere like the denver uh science museum we did we featured that uh so it's like everything was clicking and doing well but the podcast landscape for like sponsors a change where you needed to get way more like the numbers you would need to get to even be considered 
as somebody who gets sponsors uh, was way higher. YouTube had changed a lot of things where it's like getting monetized, being able your videos to get monetized on YouTube was like, you know, you have to have the most G-rated content. So like all of the content uh, was, it's like unmonetizable. Not that we were getting big numbers, but adding the, like, one of the big focuses I had when I moved there was to build the YouTube numbers um, and build, get a lot more YouTube videos. So I chopped up episodes, fucking did all kinds of things to just try and create as much content for YouTube as possible. Because um, it's like money in the bank. It's like, you know, as the numbers grew, it would only take a few things, a few spikes before all of those old videos people would go back and and watch um but yeah it's just the the whole landscape of everything changed before that happened and like towards the last year or this year uh 2017 like i knew it was it, i knew it was getting dire like i knew where my my savings was at um and so I was like scrambling to try and, you know, find ways to make money because the podcast, I mean, everything was growing, but it was just, it, everything was growing at a pace that was too slow. And even at a slow enough speed to where kind of just the markets changed. This, the way everything monetarily works uh, changed. So, you know, it is what it is. Moved out to Denver to try and do something unique and special and really put everything I had into producing the best quality content I could, best podcast I could, um, and just follow something as hard as I can. Uh, and it didn't work out, but I started doing a bunch of other things. Like I started bringing back this podcast, the Early Retirement Vlog. I uh, started doing the the many faces, uh, my first series of work, which is an ongoing series, ink on paper series uh, of portraits and faces. Uh, but then I also started, you know, driving for Uber Eats. Uh, I started, man, that was pretty much the only thing that I, I was able to kind of bring money in doing. Um, the Patreon never really took off. I had a mad scramble to try and get just $1 donations just to try and build up the numbers. So, you know, somebody to look at it, they would just be like, oh, well, at least, you know, they have backers. Like, people do care about these guys. Uh, but, yeah, that didn't, that didn't work out. There's just a lot of things didn't work out. I tried to apply at all kinds of different jobs for just part-time jobs. Uh, and, like, nothing, like, nothing. I had one interview at a movie theater, and I thought it went well. But I never got a call back. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I tried a lot of different things. And it was like, it came to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to need to get like a full-time job and try and do all this. And it's like, it would have been impossible to do all the things that I was doing with the Inspired Disorder podcast and everything else and then add 40. It's like, I've done, I've done that. I did that for since the podcast started working at Costco full-time, you know, and just all the things that I started to do, not having to worry about a day job. Um, like, I really enjoyed that lifestyle. I enjoyed being able to create as much as I want to be able to 
do all these different things. But the reality of the situation is that it wasn't going to work. Right. And I felt, I felt horrible. I still, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it was, it was soul crushing for me to come to the realization that I wasn't going to be able to afford to live in Denver. Right. It was either move or be homeless. And I'd rather be homeless in any other, like in, in Southern California. If I'm going to be homeless somewhere, I'll be homeless in Southern California. Um, and driving, even like the only kind of income I had was driving. And that was like, like I don't have, I don't have winter tires on my van, you know, it's like, and then paying for the maintenance and everything. And just like every fucking car in Denver is fucked up. Like it, they have all kinds of body damage. It's like people don't know how to drive at all in Denver. And like a lot of the roads are super narrow, so it doesn't help out the fact that people don't know how to drive. So a lot of cars get sideswiped and all that kind of shit. So it's just the reality of it. Like I was doing everything I could, like ev like going hard. Every, every month it's like, okay, I'm going to fucking do this. I'm going to do everything to try and like generate some income here. And nothing was fucking working. Uh, oh shit. Batteries. I gotta st stop here soon. Um, so the realization came, I told Keith and it was like a month before we both left. Um, which I was worried. I didn't know what he was going to do. I wasn't sure if he was going to stay in Denver or if he was going to move back home or what. Uh, but I'm glad he had options. He did have options. So, I mean, he had a job and he knew people out in Denver he had met a few people, met friends. Like I didn't meet, I wasn't there to meet friends. I wasn't there to hang out. I was there to work my ass off and try to develop something that would take off and become something that, you know, I could be proud of and live on and just, you know, I tried, I tried to put everything into it. Um, so I told Keith and it was just like, from that point, I was like at the, one of the lowest depressions I've ever had. Like, just, like, my body, like, every cell in my body vibrating. Like, I had been, it was almost like the thing I could compare it to was, like, being at the peak of, like, a super strong edible, where it's just, like, I didn't have, like, the paranoia or anything like that, but it was just, like, physically, my body felt, like, I, I just, like, almost numb, if not for the fact that everything, like, every cell was vibrating. Um, and just couldn't, you know, could not, had no appetite for like weeks, fucking, you know, just, just, just trying to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do. Like, I didn't know at that point I had no option, no option. It was like, okay, I guess I'll be homeless. Maybe a friend will have something for me, like a place to stay in the desert. Um, which where I'm staying now wasn't available at the time. So luckily I was able to stay in Denver as long as I was so that a room could open up where I am now. Um, which I kind of talked a little bit about that in the last episode, but yeah, it was just devastating and it's just one project that ended, but it was a big project that I started in 2009. We've done... 300 and something episodes almost we're getting close to, we're, we would have hit 400 episodes by the end of the year uh we had close to if not 100 segments of the ultimate movie championship 
Um, but it's like, you know, we did the podcast remotely before, so we can do it again. It'll just change. It'll go back to where it was. Um, I'm still doing the many faces, uh, ink on paper thing, which I just started that back up again. I'm still doing this the way I know how, the way I can. And it's kind of fun. I want to go to different locations, not just be in parking lots. Uh, hopefully be able to take the camera out um, and do things mobily that way. But, um, yeah, super, super big change, man. So now I'm like, I'm broke. Uh, I'm still trying to find like freelance work because I don't want, you know, I, I might get a part-time job at a dispensary. I sent off an application uh, yesterday. So hopefully maybe I get a, dis a dispensary job or maybe like delivery or something like that. Um, and then I might start doing Uber Eats and all that kind of stuff again. Because, uh, like, where I'm living, I'm living for free, but I don't want to be living there forever. And I would like to be able to pay them rent at some point. Um, but I still have some bills, so it's like I still need to make some kind of money just to pay my regular, just regular bills. Aside from rent. Um, so, yeah. So, there's still a bit of, like, I'm a lot better like, I'd be homeless. Right now, if I stayed in Denver one more month, I would have been out of money and we would have been evicted. We'd have lost everything that was in the apartment because they would have just taken everything. So, I think I made a good decision. I, Keith, from what I've heard, we haven't really talked, um, but he's he's done good from what posts I've seen online. Uh, he, got a, he got an old job back and he's kind of putting things together, um, which good. I... I was really scared and really concerned about that because, um, I, you know, I love Keith, man. The, like, I never would have been able to live with anybody else for two years and create as much content as we did and have a good time doing it. We have similar personalities where we don't mind being alone um, and we get shit done. Uh, but anyway, so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm in the desert now. I'm in La Quinta, Southern California, you know, two to three hours away from San Diego and L.A., um, I'm inland in a desert, and uh, it's winter time, so it's a lot cooler. It's 80 degrees outside today instead of 100, 100 degrees, uh, which it was like a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, so nice long episode. So that's the early retirement vlog, and in a lot of ways, I'm starting over again. Um, but my focus is different. I am. I have just been. Uh, just became part of the La Quinta Arts Foundation, um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I was actually sending an email off uh, to them today because uh, they requested that I send them a picture and a bio and uh, some of my work, so I'm going to do that when I get home, finish that up tonight. Uh, the Many Faces is still going on, so if you want to buy some of my artwork, which will help me out, uh, you can go to inspireddisorder.com. Um, you can buy those artwork, the Photoshop series I did, uh, for the Inspired Disorder podcast, which has, you know, one to 200 Photoshops. Um, you could buy prints of those. You could donate on Patreon. Um, so you could do all of those things if you want to help support me, which I would highly appreciate. Um, but for sure, go buy my art. I mean, that's why I make it. I'm making it for people to buy it. Um, so if you want to do that, inspireddisorder.com for everything. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Ray Taylor. 
Um, and then subscribe on youtube.com slash inspired disorder. Uh, this podcast comes out weekly, maybe twice a week soon. Um, but I'm enjoying the weekly at least to get things going. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm slowly bringing everything back now that I've slightly settled into where I am in my new situation. So bring about the early retirement vlog soon. Um, hopefully sooner than later, the inspired disorder podcast will be back. So that's it, everybody. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Sorry if the audio's not good. Sorry if the video's not good, but I'm trying to adjust and figure things out and see what works best uh, for my new situation. All right. I am done talking, I swear. Have a great week. Peace.